Sergeant Raphael. The fading light of Armageddon's bloated red sun washed feebly over the desert encampment. The twin moons started their long, slow climb into the heavens. As the searing heats of the day faded, the camp came to life. The roar of great engines filled the air as the crew of the Shadow Swords started up their enormous tanks. Slowly, drubbed by the heat, the men of the 4th Imperial Guard Army of Armageddon emerged from their bubble tents into the dying daylight. The men were tired, listless, not quite awake. Sergeant Raphael listened to them grumble about the heat, the constant threat of spider scorpions, the possibility of an orc attack. Their complaints seemed almost amusing to the Blood Angel. These men thought of the desert lands outside their hive cities as the closest thing to hell they could find without dying. How little they knew, thought Raphael. This place was a child's nursery compared to the world on which he had been raised. These men's lives, hard though they were, had been sojourns in paradise compared to the upbringing he had endured. But then, he thought proudly, he was a blood angel, one of the children of Sanguinius, who had died preparing the Emperor's way against the great evil one himself. Raphael studied the dunes, so like and yet so unlike the deserts of Baal Secundus, his birth world. Convection currents raised small dust devils in the air. Heat haze shimmered on the horizon, making distances all but impossible to judge. One of the great sandstorms, capable of burying an army alive, could be approaching at this very moment, and they would not know. Unless warned by a weather augury from one of the monitors placed in orbit by the Adeptus Mechanicus. It was true, this was a harsh land, but it could not compare to Baal Secundus. Here the wasteland was a chemical slag, by-product of a hundred centuries of industrial production, rivers of sludge, soiled by the output of hive cities like Tartarus and Archeron, ran down to the poison seas. On Baal Prime, the only sea was the sea of glass, a smooth, shimmering plain of silica fused by the detonation of ancient forbidden weapons. The deserts were multicoloured wastes, the dusty corpses of continents made uninhabitable by the deadly chemical death clouds used long ago in the wars that ended the Dark Age of technology. Here men lived in teeming hive cities, protected from the elements by mile-thick plasteel walls. Only the Mighty Orc Invasion, by Warlord Gaz Skull Thraka, could have driven them into the desert. On Baal Secundus, all the old cities were dead, and their rubble was inhabited by scavenger tribes. Only the shunned ones, their faces eternally masked, dwelled among the radioactive ruins, their factories using materials extracted from the corpses of their cities to churn out the endless stream of Weapons they bartered to true men and deviant alike. Here, the worst the weather threatened was sandstorms, capable of shredding an unarmoured man down to the bone. On Baal Secundus, there were hailstorms, where thousand-mile-high winds uprooted great boulders and sent them tumbling across the tortured land. 
where lightning bolts, containing the power to shatter mountains, lashed the scarred earth. There was acid rain, which could dissolve armour and eat through flesh. There were chemical blizzards, whose multicoloured snowflakes, laced with the old, deadly neurotoxins, could dissolve nerve tissue in fiery agony, or send men mad with strange hallucinations, or open up the mind of the potential psyker for the dark influence of demons. Here the main threats were heat and thirst. On Baal Secondus, there were other more insidious ones. Poisoned wells and deadly rad zones, where the only warning of oncoming death was a strange glow in the night sky, or the sudden clinking chitter of a rad-alert amulet. Here on Armageddon, the only living threats were land dragons and spider scorpions. Only now, during the Orc invasion, would a traveller be attacked by armed warriors. On Baal Secondus, roving hordes of mutants and true men wandered the ash deserts, fighting terrible battles for the possession of scant resources, defending the sites where they dug up the artefacts of the ancients or the holy battlegrounds where men might join the Chosen. Raphael fought back to those days with something like nostalgia. Then he had been a simple warrior, fighting for nothing more than his life and a chance to join the Chosen. Now he was a blood angel, and the awesome responsibility of defending mankind against its enemies rested on his shoulders. Now he was sworn to uphold the legacy of Sanguinius, no matter how heavy that burden became. He had donned more than a protective suit when he put on the crimson armour of the Blood Angels. He had donned the mantle of a tradition that dated back to the time of the Great Crusade, when the Emperor had walked among men. He had joined the endless procession of mighty warriors who had marched into battle beneath the Blood Angels' banner. He had become a successor to men who had defended the Emperor's palace on Earth, the holiest site in the entire galaxy, against the treacherous legions of chaos. When the sanguinary priests had implanted the gene seed that controlled the process that transformed him into a superhuman warrior, he had implanted a living link with the Primarch of his chapter. For the gene seed contained cells cultured from the gene runes of Sanguinius himself. When he had drunk from the chalice incarnadine, he had sipped wine mixed with the cloned blood of the winged one himself, and that blood had mingled with his own to start the transformation. When he had been shut in the great golden sarcophagus and the meditation nodes attached to his head, visions of the blood angel's life had flickered through his mind. Now he could remember them only when the black rage came upon him and visions of Sanguinius's last moments danced through his mind, driving him insane with grief and fury. But he knew that he had shared some of the thoughts of one of the Empress Primarchs and had been granted a privilege given to few men, even space marines. With such privileges came a terrible burden. He knew that the Blood Angels were a dying chapter. Their fading might take many thousands of years, but it was happening, slowly and inexorably. Tiny errors in the gene runes had accumulated down the long centuries, small flaws that gathered together to produce greater ones. The first generations of the Blood Angels had not suffered from the Black Rage. That had come later, had crept in so slowly that it had barely been noticed until too late. There was the thirst 
too. That sometimes irresistible longing to drink the blood of their enemies that took even the most restrained members of the chapter. Some of the chapter's more philosophically inclined members had theorised that perhaps this taint might lead them to chaos. Raphael knew this was impossible. The space marines of the Blood Angels would rather die than allow that to happen. Still, it was a discomforting thought. A man in the uniform of Guard Lieutenant approached him, weary respect visible in every line of his face. He gave a perfect salute, as if standing on a parade ground, not in this burning desert. Sergeant Raphael turned his gaze on the man. Sir, my men are almost prepared to move out. Are you ready to depart, sir? We have been ready to depart all day, thought Raphael. It seemed best not to demoralise the man by telling him this. His warriors lacked the superhuman hardihood of a space marine. There was nothing to be gained by rubbing this fact home. The guard were true soldiers of the Emperor, even if they were only men. Only men, thought Raphael, and caught himself. Yes, to be a space marine was to be more than an ordinary man. It was to have keener senses and stronger muscles, faster reflexes and deadlier weapons. It was to have a life many times longer than an ordinary man, for space marines shared some of the gene runes of the immortal Primarchs. Yes, indeed. Being a space marine was to be more than a man, but it was also to be a man. That was never to be forgotten. Space marines were drawn from ranks of men. It was their duty to serve man. Many generations ago, entire chapters had forgotten that and fallen into heresy and worship of chaos. Yes, Lieutenant, we are ready. Suddenly, he heard a single chime, like the tolling of a great bell, resound in his comnet earbead. He touched the rune of communication and listened to the voice of his company captain. Sergeant Raphael, you and your men are to report to company headquarters at once. You have been assigned to a most urgent mission. The Emperor be praised. The Emperor be praised, responded Raphael. We are on our way. Ah, oh, an oldie but a goldie. So this is the uh, the story of the the squad of marines you used to get in the, uh, I think, third edition box set. The one with the Blood Angels on the front and uh, all the plastic orcs and stuff. This is the, the setup for that. Sergeant Raphael and his squad, I think. Or am I beginning it completely wrong? I'm pretty sure, anyway. I haven't got the time to go through the old books and find out. I'm just guessing. But I'm pretty sure I'm like 90%. Anyway, thank you all very much for watching. Please do give this video a like. Subscribe. If you're not subscribed, more stuff is coming very soon. Let me know in the comments what you thought. That really helps as well. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to support the channel and what I'm doing here, uh, yeah, please consider using the links below. But no obligation. Just do give me a link, a like, please. Oh, I said it wrong. Ugh. One take. All one take. See you later. Bye-bye.